Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, how are you? Do you know what? I'm feeling a bit bleak tonight, a bit bleak. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've been sort of staring into the abyss, been a bit existential today, like what's the, what's the point of it all? You don't what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Oh God, <laughs> that's a big one. Well, I mean, not, not specifically the rest of my life. I mean, the bit between now and then the bit where I become someone else's problem. <laughs> Okay, but hopefully, really, that's hopefully quite a lot of it. I know, but I'm looking forward to that part. Being someone else's problem, really. Don't you think that would just be great? What, being a burden? That's how I see it, being a burden. <laughs> yeah, just being a burden on... Because then you're not a burden <laughs> on yourself. Like, I am a very heavy <laughs> burden on myself. I really weigh myself down a lot of the time. And it'd just be so great at some point for somebody else to have to bear that load. <laughs> I'm sure your wife would argue that she already does, but... Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, the 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 stage of being a burden where, you know, your urination even is somebody else's problem. Oh, right. Wow. It's a physical, a physical burden. Everything. Right, Emotional, yeah. mental, yeah. physical. Right. Mm, mm. I'm, I'm done carrying the weight of it, but okay. I've probably got years, years yeah. of having to do that left. Probably. I used to think that if it all got a bit much, I could run away and join the circus. The circus? That was your yeah. escape route, the circus. Yeah. But, but what would you do? As as I, no offence. Well, this is it. This is it. I've really been thinking about the practicalities of, of mm. that. And I don't know that there's any role really in the circus that I, I, I'm cut out for. I'm, you know, not a natural lion tamer, strong man, mm, trapeze no. artist. No. I lack the gravitas and booming voice and authority to be a ringmaster. Mm. I think my, my little escape route, my fantasy escape route of joining the circus, I, I think maybe it wouldn't work out for me even if I gave it a shot. Mm. I think best case scenario is I would end up as the guy who was responsible for taking the leaflets and putting them on the counter in local chippies to say the circus <laughs> is in town. You could do that. Yeah, I maybe could do that. I maybe could do that. Okay, maybe 
joining the circus is an option then. Yeah. Um, you know, our friends uh, Ian Lee and Kath Boyle, who uh, up until recently did a radio show, and now they have left the traditional medium of radio behind and they've gone on to something called Twitch. Do you know about this? Well, I know that they've done it, but I don't know about Twitch. So it's a video streaming platform and they're on there every night and they're in essence doing a show like they've always done. Um, but it's this sort of video social network platform and you can see comments up the side and there's some kind of social network slash community aspect to it. But the, the Twitch, I think, is primarily for people who play video games. So most mm, of yes. what's going on there is people watching other people play video games. Wow, that's interesting. So I, it is, but I don't think that would be for us then. <laughs> no, no. We're not really video games type of people, are we? I did have um, like a handheld thing that I could play Snoopy tennis on when I was about 11. And that's yes, as far as I got. Yeah. I didn't get much further than that. And I was quite good at playing Nokia Snake on my old Nokia phone, as long as I had it set to the slowest speed. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah. So like, like we're both saying, we're not quite Twitch people then. No. I mean, maybe it'd be better if they could... Um, open it up to include analog games like i think you could get as a large viewership of you playing monopoly <laughs> oh right you mean like properly and okay yeah well i'm i'm very good at monopoly if i don't say so myself well i think you are very good at it and you're horribly mm. competitive as well ruthless ruthless yeah and very you you get very moody if things aren't going your way yeah i'm like a i like to think of myself as sort of the donald trump of monopoly like i'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> ruthless i was and thinking moody. of you more as like a john McEnroe. oh of well monopoly i certainly had the mood swings of it don't i so yeah yeah, yeah. um I don't know if there is a, a, a is a is an opening for playing board games on Twitch. <laughs> if there is, I'd be more interested in that than I would to see someone playing Call of Duty. Is that a game? I just I pulled I one out of the air so. then. <laughs> right. <laughs> your other great skill, of course, was your ability to name celebrities' children. Yeah, but I feel that right. that's really dropped off a cliff in recent years. Yeah, because when we were doing the radio show, I was, I was having to um, very much keep abreast of the news. So I was always be reading the newspapers. And that, that's kind of, I still, you know, I know what's happening in the news. Don't worry. I know there's a pandemic, etc. I know. I do know what's going on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm not as obsessively kind of scouring. And so I think because of that, I do think it has slipped a bit. And also, I think, I don't know who some of the celebrities are now either. I feel like that, that sort of sl- well, like, slipped like, a lot. Like- do you know they've got a celebrity now called Binky Felstead? I know the name, but I don't know who she is. Is she a model? No, no idea. No oh, idea. Right. I okay, okay. That's how much the world has moved on since <laughs> we were on radio every day. Yeah, There's yeah. someone called Binky Felstead. <laughs> I've got no idea who or what that is. Yeah, I'm not so good on that kind of side of popular culture. It's all about Chrissy Teigen as well these days. Yeah, not really sure who she is. Is she married to John Legend? Yeah, but I think she's a woman in her own right. <laughs> I was just trying to contextualise her in the only time I've ever seen her name. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> maybe at some point you could go a mastermind doing celebrities' children 
from the year 2000 to the year 2016 or something. Yeah, it would have to be that kind of narrow window, yeah, because after that, yeah, yeah. not so good. I mean, that's a lot of celebrity children born in that time. Yeah, it was impressive. It was, you had a good run while it lasted, Annabelle. Yeah, thank you. Annabelle. Yes. Listener correspondence then. Shall we delve into this? Yes, I have three different emails. The first three different e- ones. Three different ones. The first one has two stories within the email. But most excitingly of all is who the email is from. Do you want to hazard a guess oh. about who I'm excited about? I'll give you the initials. <laughs> LB. Oh, no. <laughs> Because it's my mother-in-law. For for a minute then, I was thinking, I wonder if it's Zara Phillips. I wonder if Zara Phillips is a drifter. Oh, I got you too excited. Yeah. For me, Lynn Barron is more exciting than Zara Phillips. Mm. Anyway, she's got some good stuff. Not for me, no disrespect. You've probably heard these stories already as well, to be fair. Okay, story one. Two years ago, I saw a new endocrinologist. I have a multitude of doctors for a multitude of issues, some real, some not. In walked lovely Dr. Melton Zetinyu. I had to ask her twice how to pronounce her name and asked her what kind of name that is. It's Turkish. We talked about how one of my favourite trips was to Turkey and my love of Turkish food. We really hit it off. She is lovely and attentive and respectful and patient. Just my kind of doc. She was also pregnant. Or so I thought. She said she would be happy to oh, take no. me on as her patient and I should return in a year. And I said, oh, when are you due? She gave me a quizzical <sighs> look. Oh, you think I'm having a baby? No, I'm not. I'm taking steroids and have puffed up. And I say, uh... well, now I have really screwed up and you probably won't take me as a patient. <laughs> I was mortified and very apologetic. I did see her a year later, though, still mortified. What was that woman thinking of, like keeping her on as a patient? <laughs> She should have ditched her, obviously. (laughs) Okay, story two. It's got a title as well. A COVID story, March 2020. In the midst of the serious lockdown, I had a new route for my walk because the beach was shut down. Every morning, I saw a woman walking her dog. We socially distanced, nodded congenially, no words. This went on for a month. One morning, very socially distanced, she said hello, and we stopped to schmooze, in brackets, chat. Briefly, I hope you and yours are healthy, said I. Well, she said, my husband is in a hospice. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, I said. COVID? No, not COVID, she said. Oh, that's great, I responded. Uh, I wanted to disappear uh, and I never uh. walked that way again. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, it's a good story. That is a good story. (laughs) Oh, Okay, this is from Julia, 32, London. I have a story of general social ineptitude. This goes back a few years ago to my last day in my job at the time. Throughout the day, I have the general anxiety hanging over me about saying bye to the people I work with. I never know how people manage this as a smooth, confident social interaction. Usually, my strategy would be to have leaving drinks, say to everyone in the office at the end of the day, I'll see you in the pub, even if I know they're not coming, and then manage to avoid the majority of the goodbyes or at least have the social lubricant of alcohol to assist and then sneak away at the end, avoiding any of the particularly awkward ones. 
but this time there are no leaving drinks. I've got to face the situation head on and sober. What are you meant to say to people who you've gotten on with perfectly well, but with, you know, full well, you're never going to see them again. A very uncomfortable acknowledgement that's underlying every interaction, for me at least. It feels like you should say something like, I'll miss you all, it's been a pleasure, let's stay in touch, etc, etc, none of which are true. So as I'm packing up to leave, these phrases are going through my head. Yeah, just pick one of those like a normal person, I tell myself. Then I have an internal laugh about how insecure and ridiculous these, sorry, insincere and ridiculous these platitudes are, knowing they are essentially meaningless and are an avoidance of the cold, hard truth that come tomorrow, these people will be gone from your life forever. So as I'm about to leave and saying the final goodbye to my boss, I think he's a down to earth guy. He's probably on the same page as me. I'll make some sort of joke out of the situation. What actually comes out of my mouth is, well, I'll probably never see you again. Bye. I spent the whole journey home (laughs) cringing about it and wishing I said anything else. In good humour, I received an email from said boss the following Monday reading... I know you were pretty clear about not staying in touch, but I wanted to wish you good luck on the first day of your new job. (laughs) Thankfully, he saw the funny side of my complete failure as a human being. Uh, Funnily enough, and I've said this before, but that's what my granddad said to me the last time I saw him. Do you remember when I went to go and see him in hospital? And he said, well, bye. I won't see you again. Bye. (laughs) Similar to the last day of a new job. Oh, no, job. (laughs) What I love is that. You know, he didn't put the time in to think of something poignant to say. No, nope. I won't see you again. Bye bye. Yeah, this is the time I've spent on Earth. Oh, uh, this is what I've learned. This is what I want to pass on to you, the the living embodiment of my legacy. No, it was just won't see you won't again. See bye. You. Bye. I okay. like it. I, I respect yeah. the efficiency of it. So do I. So do I. Um, and this last one is from Rifka. I will pre-warn that... It contains references to bowel movements. Some people might find it a bit much. Some people might find it revolting. Some people might just enjoy it. But there you go. Then you've had your warning. I know that I will definitely be in the latter category. Exactly. Yeah. It was pre-stay home and social distancing times. And I was having dinner with my two brothers. It's our yearly tradition that they take me out for dinner for my birthday. And we eat somewhere fancy and eat and drink and chat all night. My brothers are just the loveliest men in the world, so it really is one of the best nights of the year for me. At a moment in the evening, I needed to use the bathroom. The restaurant has amazing food and service, nice and modern. It's a bit industrial, so the bathroom was in the corridor and pretty plain, just two adjacent gender-neutral stalls. One was occupied. I went for a number one, and I was surprised by a little number two. I wiped and checked the paper after wiping. I trust this isn't some major self-disclosure that I'm doing here. Don't we all check to see if we're done or need an extra wipe? How would you know otherwise? Exactly. On the paper lay a small round poo. It was so round that to my great horror, it rolled off the paper like a perfect brown marble. (laughs) And to make matters worse, it was also so small that it rolled underneath the door into the communal area of the bathroom. (laughs) To make matters even worse, I heard someone entering the bathroom just at that very moment. I sat there shortly contemplating, but I didn't have many options. I could wait it out, but I didn't want anyone stepping into it. There's only so much you can blame on dogs. There was, of course, a chance that the person hadn't seen anything. It was very small after all, although moving objects do attract attention. There was just one solution, port protocol. 
So I finished my business, opened the door, looked to the woman, as she turned out to be, straight in the eyes and said a cheery hello. She wasn't eyeing me as if I was playing marbles with my own poop. So I guess I really came (laughs) off easy. She went in. The other stool was still taken. What were they doing in there? So I picked up my poo with a paper towel. Thank God Allah and Jehovah there wasn't a hand dryer. And I dumped it in the bin. (laughs) That's disgusting, I know. But what could I do? I washed my hands, went back into the restaurant, took a big gulp of wine and resumed my marvellous evening. I didn't tell my brothers, of course. No need to give them any more ammunition to tease me. Oh, Oh, that was wonderful. I I really enjoyed that. You know, I knew that I would and I was right. Yeah. Uh, Please send your stories of the moment where you... Wish the earth would open up and swallow your whole. Email is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Ready for a way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. My fickle nature. I can definitely be quite fickle all the time, but this is all about the things that I was fascinated by as a child and a teenager, but I have zero interest in now of which I have a list of 12. Was it 12 or 11? No, 11. (laughs) Number one, the knee reflex. Nice round number there you went for, Annabelle. No, yeah, 11, yeah. (laughs) I think most people would either go 10 or 12. Yeah, but I just did how many I had. I wasn't trying to find a number. It could have been nine. (laughs) Okay, number one. Glad to know that you didn't sort of whittle it down to the best 10. (laughs) Oh, right, yeah, I could have done that. (laughs) I read somewhere, who was it that told me this, that... You should always do an odd kind of number because otherwise it looks like you've rounded it up or rounded it down. Oh, interesting. Well, we, we know for a fact that you haven't. Yeah, so it's the truth. It really is the 11. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start now. Number one, the knee reflex. You know, when you hit yourself on the knee in the right place and the leg involuntary jerks oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was obsessed by this as a child. I was always trying to do this to myself or other people. Because I loved like how the leg just popped up without my say-so. Like Now, with my age, my body does all sorts of involuntary things against my wishes. So it's not such a big deal. But oh, as a <laughs> child, I used to think about that a lot. When I, was, when I used to watch TV a lot as a kid and anybody ever went to a doctor, he would always test that with a little silver yes, hammer. Yes, yes. And it was always a he in those days. And, and that, in all the years of going to the doctor, I don't think the doctor has ever once hit my knee with a tiny silver hammer. Me neither. Not bad, I don't, I don't, I don't care well, anymore. I think this is sort of a gentleman-specific thing, though, um, of, uh, of like doctors holding gentlemen's uh, testes and making them cough. I have heard of this. Does that, has that maybe ever happened the, to you in real life? Not for a long... I think it may maybe, but I think it maybe went out of fashion in the 90s. <laughs> that with the little silver hammer. Silver. Yeah. Like it was actually made of silver. <laughs> <sighs> okay, number two, the car wash, by which I mean the big mechanical car wash. Oh, yeah. Because there was truly no greater treat in my house than going to the car wash and seeing those giant rolling bristles coming towards you. But if an eight-year-old me could see 45-year-old me now, having owned a car for four years and never having once been to the car wash, she'd say, what is wrong with you? I mean, to be honest, she said that about pretty much every aspect of my life with good reason. (laughs) But that in particular. Number three, quicksand. 
I'd estimate mm. that quicksand occupied about 13% of my every waking thought as a child and about 20% of my dreams. But to be <laughs> honest, it probably would still, but it seemed to have only existed up until about 1989. I'm not sure where, where it went after that. But I'm a, a little bit annoyed that I never got to carry out my plan of when you fall in, keeping calm and lying on your back. That's what you're always told to do, wasn't it? You had to go on your back. Isn't that what you're supposed to do in the sea as well? If you're drowning... Mm. I hope I haven't got the two confused. <laughs> Number four, the Vileda Supermop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that being advertised at some point of my childhood and me thinking, well, that's the future. It's here now. I'm living in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a mop, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. different because it had bits of fabric instead of strings that could get into all the nooks and crannies and dried the floor really quickly. And with that bright red handle that now seems to be statutory in all kitchen cleaning accessories, I would beg my mum to buy one. Beg. I did actually own one as an adult, but, you know, I used it a couple of times and then it just sort of went a bit manky in the corner. But (laughs) (laughs) number five, cocktail umbrellas. I feel a bit confused now as to how I even knew about them. Like, it's not like I was going to places like the Dagmar or that cocktail bar that Tom Cruise worked in. But I did love them. I loved how they were tiny versions of real ones and actually went up and down. And that anyone ever decided that a drink needed a decoration, which is weird in itself. But they then decided that a decoration should be a tiny working version of an umbrella. Like, it's quite bizarre. The more you think about it, the weirder it gets. (laughs) Number six, hovercrafts. Always wanted to go on one. Never have. Mm. Zero interest now. Number seven, the French Foreign Legion. Along with quicksand, this also took up a lot of my waking thoughts. And it mainly involved running away to join them. But then also due to some misdemeanor being buried up to my neck in sand and having my eyelids sewn open. Yes, yes. I think about that an awful lot. Uh, On a similar theme... And number eight, mirages of oases in the desert. <laughs> That's probably in connection to the French Foreign Legion. But yeah, I would often think about mirages. Number nine, cats washing themselves with their tongues. Just couldn't get over it. I'm over it now completely. <laughs> number 10, Chinese people reading books backwards. That was fascinating to me. No longer yep, is. Yep. And last one, number 11, one man bands. Like they talk yes. about the death of the local high street being down to online shopping and rising business rates. And this was even before COVID-19. Well, I think I know how to revive it. Bring back the one man band on the high street. Not that I'd have any interest, though, because I now have zero interest in them. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Annabelle, you sent me earlier on, we were texting, and you sent me what I believe is called a Memoji. Oh, yeah. Okay. And a Memoji is is when people make a little sort of cartoon version of their face that they can text. Is that, mm. that It's like an emoji of yourself? Is that... 
kind of the way to describe it? Well, it's fairly new to me because I've got a new phone, but so I don't know much about it. But yeah, I think you've explained it pretty well. Let me tell you why you are better than everybody else I know. Why? Because you are the only person that has ever made a memoji, which is unflattering and <laughs> looks less good than you do in real life. <laughs> I think that every asshole who is making these things is making versions of themselves which are far better looking. Well, I did, I did rush it a bit. Like maybe I should have put more time into it and given myself longer eyelashes and things like that, cheekbones, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I think it's great. I think it reflects so okay. well on you. Okay, um, I'll keep it then. You know, I think I'm as guilty of making an, a, an overly flattering one as everybody else. I look hideous at the moment in real life. But what about your Memoji? Is that nice? Memoji is fine. I mean, oh, it's the opposite no. of the picture of Durian Gray. I wish you could do that with a Memoji. <laughs> Get a Memoji that edges horribly while you stay youthful. Oh, but I mean, you should write a short not, story about that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that I've ever had a great face to begin with, but I just look so hideous and haggard oh, at the moment. You I, don't, do, sure I do. I do. And I gotta, I gotta go get a beard trim as well, which um, is that is that legal now? So, well, it depends where you go. There's a place down the road where the guys. <laughs> I don't, have got I don't visors. think it depends where you go. It's legal or not? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, my usual the place the usual barber I go to they won't do it at the moment. Right. But then there's a place a few blocks down where they're wearing pretty much hazmat suits. Oh, wow. And they seem to be happy to do it, so I'm I'm going to go and go go and get it done. Okay. I think I've mentioned this before, but um, you know, I was thinking about famous beard wearers, and I'll tell you who sprung to mind. Mm. In fact, let me test you. You think famous beard wearer? Who do you think? Abraham Lincoln. Close God Himself. God oh, God the Himself. Lord. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, what's interesting to me is. That if 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 God does look like that, he chose to cover his face with a beard. Right. But he could assume whatever form he would want to. So why wouldn't you give yourself the kind of face you wouldn't want to cover, cover up with a beard? Oh, like some kind of chiseled jawline and... Yeah, like the only mm. reason any of us are really having beards, you know, the, the ones who aren't just following fashion, because mm. uh, they've been in fashion for, for a few years. But the rest of us are just thinking, look, there's too many chins down there. How can I give the impression of there being a jawline? I know what I'll do. I'll grow a beard. Right. So what The Lord wouldn't there? need to do it. I don't know. Maybe also, he liked when he was thinking to stroke it. Yeah, maybe. There is yeah. something sort of satisfying about that. I talked about I, him in the past I, I, tense. Did you hear that when he died? He did. <laughs> like he died. <laughs> All right, Nietzsche. Can I, can I, I apologise to anyone? Any believers? I'm sorry. It was really a slip of the tongue. Sure, I think it's weird to take on the form of an old but somewhat muscular man. <laughs> yeah, I suppose he was a bit. Yeah, and a bit of, a bit of bulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Are you are you basing this entirely in when you're thinking about this? Are you seeing the ce the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel? Ceiling of the is Sistine that, Chapel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Just checking. But I think there's a lot of other art around. That you know, there's a lot of other art which takes its cue from that. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, all I'm saying is, 
if the police had that many people identify a suspect as looking like something, then they'd think, oh, it's probably him. And lots of artists seem to portray God like sort of muscular, but with a, <laughs> but a bit older, with a lustrous white beard. So there must okay. be something in it. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Shall I change the subject? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Indian matchmaking? Oh, my God. Have you finished watching it now? Yeah. And then I spent, you know, the good part of an evening on Google <laughs> finding out what, what happened to everybody. <laughs> oh, it's so good, wasn't it? It really was. I mean, I, like, I don't want to say too much about it in case people haven't watched it. And it's I on Netflix. Quite like them. Watch it. Yeah. And, and it's uh, a woman from, is she from Delhi or Mumbai? Can't remember. No, but it's it's a it's a, a sort of highly respected Indian matchmaker who applies her matchmaking principles to you know some uh, modern Indian young people living in America as well as some back in India as well, and it's it's very compelling TV is all I'll say. They they cast it well. Yeah, they cast it well. She's brilliant. The twists and turns it takes. I I am somebody who has no time for uh, the the supernatural and the spiritual and and that kind of thing, and I found myself after one episode thinking, maybe I should get my horoscopes done. <laughs> <laughs> what about the guy who reads face and he can tell your future by just looking at your face? Yes, you will yeah. have twins. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's good. And you've moved on to a thing called um, selling sunset. Oh now. my, it's. I don't know why I like it. I do know why I like it, but I hate myself for liking it. Okay, so I I tried an episode um, around the time I finished Indian Matchmaking, Mm. and I am not used to that type of reality TV. I think they call it scripted reality, where they give them the plots and the things to talk about in advance. Me neither. I know know all reality TV is set up and phony, but Mm. that especially to me, I just found it a bit hard to watch. But sell it to me. What's, What's so good about it? Well, what I love most about it is you get to see amazing houses in Hollywood that for me is the highlight you get to see and they always have so many bathrooms like they're building this 40 million pound house and it's got five bedrooms and nine bathrooms like why do you need so many bathrooms it bewilders me so I love seeing these incredible houses with all their swimming pools and cinemas and everything and I absolutely love that but I also I was talking about this someone today I think I also like seeing people going out for cocktails because like, I haven't done that you know, for many, many months. I like seeing women all getting dressed up and going out. It's just there's something I really enjoy. I think out of lockdown, I wouldn't be enjoying it as much. But I love seeing people Isn't getting dressed up and going out because they do a lot of that. Isn't that interesting? Mm. I, get, I get what you mean about the houses because when I watch Grand Designs, really I could do without the architect's plans, finding out about the story about how they decided to build the house, watching like some huge piece of glass turn up from Germany that's slightly too big and then there's a disaster, <laughs> watching them like living in a caravan with mud everywhere and talking about how wrong it's going to be. I, I really just like that last two or three minutes where it's all finished and they shoot it beautifully and show you the inside of the house. So there's a lot of that, is there? I've been known on those programmes, of which I watch many, to watch the first three or four minutes and the last and then fast forward to the end because I can't be bothered with the middle bit I just want to see the amazing house but yeah there's a lot it of that to it I love. And, and I tell you what is also brilliant you're not just seeing the house you're seeing the <laughs> you're seeing the awful people that want to buy it <laughs> 
<laughs> let me tell you, they're awful. So it's yeah, it's very very enjoyable. <laughs> It's very rare that that much money and, and taste go hand in hand, oh, isn't it? Oh, goodness, yeah. No, it's oh, very that's good. good. Mm. That's good. All right. Uh, well, maybe I'll give it another go. Yes. <sighs> I'll, t- I'll tell you something. I mean, while we're just chatting, I was out the other day and I walked past the Richard Desmond Children's Eye Hospital. You're joking. No. So um, Richmond, <laughs> Richard Desmond is the pornographer. Yes. Uh, responsible for you know, m- many pornographic magazines and perhaps uh, TV stations as well. And I think the Daily Express was his, wasn't it? I don't know if it, it Maybe still is. Maybe OK magazine or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. But, but if he's ever being described in the newspaper, it's always the pornographer, Richard Desmond, or Richard Desmond pornographer, which as a job title, you tend to not hear that so much anymore. No. I think like today's pornographers are more you know, low key and behind the scenes. Whereas back then, I think to be a pornographer, you had to really lord it about, have a Rolls Royce, be be sort of publicly known as a pornographer, like, you know, Playboy, mm, Hugh Hefner, mm. yeah, calling yeah. himself the Playboy, calling his house the Playboy Mansion and all, all that. It was a real thing for pornographers. Whereas the, the, now, you know, I don't know, I don't know a contemporary pornographer. I wouldn't, wouldn't know one's, I couldn't put one's name out of thin air. But Richard Desmond, I saw his name on the side of this uh, eye hospital the other day. And, and uh, you know, my first thought was pornographer, because that's what I thought when I saw his name. Mm. And then my second thought was, oh, what, what an act of philanthropy to donate however much money it would be to build a, an eye hospital for children. Mm. And then you, you can only presume that there were strings attached where he said, look, I will give you this money to build a children's hospital for, for eyes. I think that it's great work that you're doing and I'd, I'd like to help out with this. I'd really love it if you named it after me, though. That, that is the, that's the stipulation I'm putting on this now. Can you imagine what his memoji is like? I bet he's absolutely stunning. Like that—that that is someone with yeah, quite the yeah. ego, isn't it? So what he's thinking is maybe one day people will see that eye hospital, and slowly but surely, I'll stop being be referred to as pornographer Richard Desmond and like philanthropist hospital building Rich, Richard Desmond. Philanthropist isn't so far away in terms of sound. You know, that's probably what he's hoping. <laughs> Instead, people just see a hospital and think, oh, that, that pornographer built that. <laughs> How weird. <laughs> Quadri Corner at the Glap Clinic, Annabelle. Yes. We've got a couple of these this week, have we? Yep, just putting my glasses back on. First one is from Lieutenant Colonel Colin. Yesterday, my mother-in-law was moving house and I've been sorting everything out for her through the process. As the removal men arrived, I had prepared myself for some awful banter when it suddenly occurred to me that I wasn't clear on the etiquette of tipping them. 
I know we've had a lot of tipping questions, so I wouldn't ordinarily trouble the clinic with this, but I put the question on the Drifters Facebook group and it's fair to say there's quite a range of opinions and we need a rule in place to give you an example. Lindsay Webb says hide, which is tempting, but I can't help but feel would create bigger problems. Richard Bennett says one case of beer per person. Geraldine Kawabi says it's up to my mother-in-law and I'm a presumptuous male. She said it nicely. And Eileen Fitzgerald, who I think you should use as a consultant, unless she's wrong, says at least £10 and some lager. And because it's hot, buy them an ice cream and stay out of their way. Mumsnet, I know I'm not a mum, says anything between nothing and £20 per person. And Emily Turner is moving house soon and hadn't thought about it, so I think I've set her off. I jeffed it in the end with the high £20 per head. What should I have done? Mm. I mean, the interesting thing for me there is before we got to that bit of uh, everyone's responses, I was thinking £20 per head. Oh, he certainly did jeff it then. But can I say... Yeah, so you literally jeffed it. Yeah, go on. I'm full of horror. I mean, I haven't moved house since, well, nine years ago. And I had no idea that you had to tip. Is this a really a thing? Well, you don't have to. But everyone does, apart from me. Is this what's going on? Like, di- so you, you've, you, this is a thing for you. You've I've, tipped. I've tipped. I've tipped, yeah. Oh, I, I just didn't know. I feel awful about it now. Well, why don't you track, <laughs> track down the removal firm that you used? <laughs> Buy them an ice cream. <laughs> you know, you moved house for me in 2011. I had no idea, but I, I don't. Do you have to tip? Is it is it like hair? Is it as common as tipping a hairdresser? I don't know. I mean, I get very confused with these things. I I remember a while ago, um, you know, t- talking about tipping the bin man at Christmas, and then all these people were saying, "What what are you talking about? Bit tipping the bin man at Christmas? Why why are you doing that?" And the, there could be a bit of an age, uh, you know, generation gap thing sneaking sneaking in here, but you know. Hmm. I'd, I'd I'd go at least a tenner ahead. But and then how many people are you so say that? What if there was? You imagine there's two of them. Yeah. And you just how would you do? How would you give it to them? You'd give it to, just hand them the note at the end. No, here's what I'd do. I'd I'd sort of have an envelope somewhere sitting somewhere, and um, as you're saying, like your hello first thing. So oh, thanks so much for doing it. Uh, you know the boxes are here as you're walking them around. You say, "Oh, and there's an envelope for for you lads there if you want to um, get yourself a, to get yourself a drink or whatever you'd say." I can't even remember what awkward thing I'd say in that situation, but some something along those lines. What about if you just said t- tea and biscuits? There's an envelope. There's a or or I put you know on the table under something heavy, under a mug, mm. some notes, some money, and say, "Oh, there's a bit extra there for you lads as well to say thank you." How's that? Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean that that feels like the best way to do it. Okay, yeah. right. Well, and what, what we're saying. What were like, you going to say about tea and biscuits? Is 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 is, 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 is tea and biscuits enough? I think t- what in in lieu of a tip. Yeah. No. Okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> tea and biscuits is the ma- well, I mean maybe not the biscuits, but a cup of tea mm. is the bare minimum mm. that anybody who sets foot over the threshold of your house is offered yeah yeah nobody comes into your house without being offered a cup of tea mm. right mm. am no. i right in saying no, no that? of course not no of course not so you can't count that as a tip but what if you've got really great biscuits 
I didn't even do that. I don't think I, I don't even remember getting bit. I feel terrible. I'm going to do, oh, I would do, I think the ice creams one is a good idea. I'm going to get you all an ice cream. What do you want? Or just bring some back. What if they said we're not six? <laughs> you don't have to be six to like an ice cream. I know, but you know, pe- people like money and alcohol. I'm, I, I, can we compile a list at some point, not now, of all the people that we're supposed to tip? So that I know. Oh yeah, that's a really good idea. They because do I that had the... literally had no idea. That that would be a fun um, activity for the Drifters Facebook group. Yeah, could in fact that'd be great if you could do that. Could... We're not setting homework. Do it, no. do it or don't do it. It's up no, to no. you. But, but if you I could compile could be between a... you all, we seem to be having some good minds there working together. If between yeah. you, if you could compile a list of everybody that you need to tip, I would feel so much happier because I feel really bad about this this whole situation removal people okay <sighs> all right then minimum of 10 per person if yep. you want to jeff it is 20 okay right lucy next about two years ago i was looking for a new job and had an interview it was at short notice so i had to call in sick rather than take a holiday from work i'd emailed my work and told them i'd had a migraine but that if it cleared i'd come in, in the afternoon i went into the interview and headed to work after My colleagues were very concerned and I explained how my migraine has caused blurred vision and that part of my face had felt a bit numb as I'd had that before. One of my colleagues pointed out this had happened before and could be a sign that I was developing Bell's palsy or something similar. I started to panic a bit and a few colleagues suggested I should really call the doctor and go in and get checked over, which seemed like a great idea. I was a bit like Jeff, like, oh my God, what if I'm dying? Until I remembered I'd faked it to get the time off. So my quandary is, how do you get out of work to attend an interview without feeling like you might need to get an MRI? MRI. 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 It's a good question. Like, what are you supposed to do? Because you can't say, oh, I'm going for an interview. And faking an illness can lead to other problems. Can you, can you, Isn't can dentist you take a... the classic one? A dentist. Dentist is the classic one. Is, would it? Can you take? An, you don't want to take annual leave for a job interview, do you? It's a waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I witnessed an accident, and the police had to go and make a statement. Yeah, I had to. I had to go in and look at some my identity photos, whatever they're called. Identity photos. Yeah, I had to identify someone from one of those lineups. Yes, I was behind two-way glass. Yes. yes. <laughs> No, the more exciting they make the story, the more questions they get asked and the more likely you are to get caught out. I think you just have to have a... Oh, and the classic, upset tummy because no one wants to know any details. Mm, ladies' problems. Lol, yeah, ladies' problems. And if you can't bear to do that, upset tummy. There we go. We've got, we got an array there yeah, for you. Yeah, there we go. Good. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening this week. If you have a quandary that you would like us to solve, uh, a social situation whereby you need to know the rule in uh, Quandary Corner, then do email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Same email address for your uh, email address for your stories, please, of social ineptitude. Uh, forgot to do any of those um, 
left it on the outside, dying on the inside this week. So maybe we will return to that next week. Also next week, Annabelle, I thought we should talk about maybe doing a live show for Patreon subscribers. Oh, yes. You know, over the internet, because that's what, um, in lieu of being able to sort of do something in a venue, yes. that's what people are doing, isn't it? So it wouldn't be ticketed, but it would be something that uh, Patreon supporters um, would have access to. So we can have a think about yeah. that and then bring you news Great. on that next week. Uh, good thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the uh, incidental music. Uh, photos taken by Carla Gowler. The artwork was done by our pal Kim Rainey. And I think I will um, I, I, I will finish this week with the ominous phrase we heard from my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron, which was, <laughs> and I never walked that way again. <laughs> Podication time, and this comes from Naomi Power, who says, Dearest Jeff and Annabelle, I would like to request a podication for my husband, Rob. In true drifter style, I've put off sending this doubtful that you will read my email, or worse still, that everybody will think that I am not really a drifter. I'm still very worried, but here we go. I just want to say, Annabelle, you do read all the emails, don't you? Of course I do, yeah. How about Facebook messages? Mm, sporadic. <laughs> I'll be on. I'm on. Just being honest. I'm not going to lie. No, 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 no. It's fair enough. Um, let's uh, let's get on with this. Naomi says you have both been part of our lives for many years. We long for the days again when we were at uni and would listen to your late night show, Drunk versus Stoned, Dirty Book at Bedtime, to name just two happy memories from that era. It was a it was a good era that in terms of the programs we were doing, Annabelle. I won't yeah, lie. Yeah. It's my favourite, I think. That I mean, actually, I love Adrift. It's, it's a really special thing. Um, but in terms of the different shows we did all over those years, I love that late night show. Yeah. I'd, I'd do a late night show again sometime, I think. Would you? Yeah, why not? It's a, it's a, it's a really nice time of day to do a radio show. Mm. I mean, I can't envisage a situation where anybody would employ us no, I mean, to that's, do that. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be fun mm. um thankfully we now have a new tradition of listening to your podcast together when we're doing long journeys at weekends we save them up and look forward to the journey all the more with the unspoken knowledge that we have both secretly listened to the podcast already during the week but we wouldn't let each other know that through for fear of ruining the drift tradition that's great, isn't oh, it? Oh, I love that. A couple of weekends ago, we were listening together and you mentioned about the Drifter badges and I thought, how wonderful to surprise Rob with them. Then we can both wear them and we'll see but not talk to other Drifters, etc., etc. As soon as we got home, I secretly ordered them. A few days later, I was excited to see an email from Annabelle saying that my package had been dispatched. However, when I got home, I find Rob telling me that he had a present for me. Yes, you guessed it. He had also had the same thought and ordered the badges too. We exchanged badges and at this point I thought, ah, oh, how lovely. We never do things like this, you know, romantic gestures, coincidences based on loving mind reading. But then Rob interrupted my happy thoughts saying, look inside your envelope. 
And what do I find? An incredible signed sticker from my two favourite podcasters. Yes, there is nothing better than a sticker. Those stickers were great, weren't they? Yeah, but we only had like one or two, didn't we? Yeah, Yeah, Acast had them made. uh, The people who... um, sell sell the uh, adverts that you occasionally hear in the podcast um and yeah we got a, a few of them but they were never ours but we got a few when we went to visit one time mm, mm. i'd love to get some more of those um now this was of course an amazing and thoughtful gesture but the problem is rob has surpassed me this is putting our relationship out of kilter. So I'm asking for this podication in order to bring normality back to our marriage. These two deeds will both cancel out one another, but we will be even and we can go back to being our usual mundane drifter relationship. Thank you so much for my sticker. And of course, to Rob for going over and above just that once. This is <laughs> Naomi. Lovely. Ah, It's like we're in... Um, not a thruple. I don't know what you'd call it when there's four people. A quipple. Exactly that. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. very well what it is. Yeah. So a quipple. Yeah. We're in some kind of uh, polyamorous relationship oh. with Naomi and Rob. Um, well, lovely to hear from you both. And I hope Rob enjoys this podication. He should do. That's very thoughtful of him with the sticker, though, wasn't it, really? Yeah. But podication, that's good as well. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. Um, well, there we go. If if you would like to make somebody happy in the same way that Naomi just made Rob happy, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. I think I just said dot .gom. You <laughs> might it, want to rewind new, and check that. <laughs> a new pl- place on the internet, dot .gom. <laughs> Somebody's squatting dot .com, so we had to get dot .gom. <laughs> um, all right, uh, another podcast next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 